Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 39 of the Resilient Leaders Podcast, where we believe resilience in leadership is not simply a good idea, it's required. This is your host, J.R. Briggs. Well, today I want to talk about expanding your opportunity surface area. I've been thinking about this concept for the last few years. It's one that I'm very passionate about. You know those people who seem to have all these tremendous opportunities in front of them, and you think, they are so lucky. These things just fall into their laps all the time. And your second thought is this, why, is, why does this not happen to me? For the last few years, I've been studying people and paying close attention to the differences between people who seem to have all the opportunities and those who don't. Why do these leaders over here have opportunities, but the others don't seem to have them? What's the difference there? Now, let me preface this conversation by saying this. This is not a conversation about race and privilege, although it is an important conversation that needs to happen, but we don't have time on this particular podcast. And I acknowledge that this is a factor in our society that needs to be addressed on a deeper level. But for the sake of this conversation, what I want to talk about here is the phenomenon between two coworkers in your office whose offices are next to each other. One is involved in all sorts of things with all sorts of people, and the other is longing for that to happen, but it never seems to occur. What's the difference? Now, there are some myths and some things we do to write people off when we see those that have opportunities. We say, oh, that person is extroverted. They just like to talk to people all day long. That stuff drains me. Or she just gets so lucky. Look at all of her luck. Or he's just a schmoozer. He just schmoozes everyone. Or, oh, the boss just likes him and gives him all the good leads. Now, some of this may be a factor, but I believe that there is a mindset and there are habits that we can cultivate that will open up doors of opportunity to expand your opportunity surface area. It's much more of a mindset than it is a position of luck. So I want to talk about how we can increase and expand our opportunity surface area. Because it is possible, and there are ways to expand it if you want to grasp them. Now, again, two main categories here. We need to talk about mindset, and we need to talk about habits. Let's talk about mindset as we start. Now, those with a large opportunity surface area, they have a mindset of proactivity. Those with large opportunity surface areas, they don't wait around for permission. They assume permission has already been granted. There's the adage that we used to use in high school, better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Now that sounds good, but sometimes that can simply be a rationalization to do stupid things. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about opportunities. Just give it a go and see what happens. Take chances, try some experiments, and then notice what works and what doesn't. Now, I usually have a two-question exercise that I ask myself regarding proactivity and opportunity. It's very simply this. I ask myself, what's the worst that someone could say in this situation? The answer, of course, is they could say no. The second thing is, can I handle that answer? If I cannot handle the answer, I don't ask it or pursue that opportunity. But if I answer that, yes, I can handle a no if someone says that to me, then I go ahead and do it. This has given me the chance to do a wide variety of things I never thought I'd ever be able to do. Other people have asked me, how in the world did you get the opportunity to become the Colorado Rockies AAA minor league baseball mascot for three and a half seasons? And I simply answer, I just asked. 
I met the director of marketing at the Colorado Springs Sky Sox game one night. I just happened to bump into him while attending a game. And I told him, I said, hey, if you ever need any help with mascotting duties, if you ever have a gap where you can't find a mascot to fill in on a night off, give me a call and let me know and I'd be glad to help. And I handed him my business card. And he looked up and he said, you know, our current guy who is the mascot is a college student. And he goes back to school this weekend and we're looking for a mascot. Are you free on Sunday afternoon for our 135 game? The rest is history. You could call it luck. I call it opportunity. Just ask. Now, another mindset is the mindset of adding value. This is not about gimmicks or manipulation. Remember, trust is the fuel that the leadership car runs on in this new reality. Just add value in all that you do. If you add value to people, situations, meetings, projects you're working on, projects other people are working on, or art that you're creating, you will find that people will seek you out to have you help them in other areas, and then you become more valuable. Your opportunities increase. Every time you meet with someone or walk into a meeting or log on to a Zoom call, ask yourself, what are the possible ways that I could add value here? It's amazing what can happen. And here's an important element. Always give value before you ask for value. If all you do is go around asking for favors from people, others will begin to think that you're self-centered and you're a leech. Now look to be the answer to other people's favors. Add value to them where they didn't even know value should or could be added. And that leads to the third mindset, a mindset of having your arrows pointing out. In a previous episode, we talked about growing fruit on other people's trees. You see, when you become a leader, the center of gravity is no longer about yourself. And I mentioned Ryan Holiday's quote, find canvases for other people to paint on. If you have a mindset to create opportunities for you, you might find a few things. But if you have a mindset that sought to create opportunities for other people, you will have people beating down your door to have you more involved and to give you more opportunities. Seriously, I've seen this time and time again. If you seed into other people's vision, add value to their projects, help them out on what they are doing, they will pick up the phone every time you call and ask, could you help me with something? Now, I have a card on my desk that says success equals generosity. You want to be successful as a leader? Be generous with your time, your ideas, your presence. Introduce people to others that you think that they should know. Pick up the lunch tab just because. Pick up coffee for someone you're about to meet with. In addition to mindset, though, there are habits that can be cultivated. And let's look at some of those habits. Number one, do your homework. Be prepared. You can contact a busy leader and say, hey, can we get together and can I pick your brain about something? Or you can ask that busy leader, I read your work or listened to your podcast episode on this, or I listened to a talk you gave on that topic and I was intrigued about it and I did some additional reading and I have a few questions about what you wrote about in chapter three of your book or in that talk that you gave last year at that event I attended in San Antonio. I have six questions that I wrote out that I'd like to ask you. Would you be able to connect for 45 minutes to answer these six questions that I have about your work? I can email you the questions ahead of time if you wish. Now, you tell me which of the two approaches would get you the best opportunity to sit down with that busy leader. Yep, be prepared, do your homework. And number two, show up early and stay late. Now, there are usually three kinds of people at events and meetings. 
Well, number one, those who are on time. Number two, those who show up late and frequently have to leave early. And number three, those who show up early and stay late. You know what you think about the third category. You think that those people are brown nosers. They're overachieving perfectionists. Those people that show up late and stay later. But you know what? The opportunities come to these kinds of people. They get into great conversations before the meeting starts. They get to interact with the breakout or the keynote speaker before the event begins. They swap contact information with someone who becomes a significant client in the company. And that leads to the third habit. Learn to sit in the front row. I know, I know. When you're in a class or you're attending a conference or an event and you see those people who sit in the very first row, you think, oh, look at those goody two-shoes. While you coolly sit in the back row, just in case the presentation is a dud or so that you can slip out the back without anybody noticing, these people who sit in the front find themselves in all sorts of new opportunities. If you just make it your goal to sit in the front row, it's amazing what happens. You're more engaged and you get to connect with other more interesting people. And when you do this, when I do this, I should say, uh, and when I go to events, when I am in meetings or in class, when I do this, I always have about 20 questions that I want to ask the speaker. During the Q&A time that occurs at these events, there's not always enough time to answer everyone's question. And the, the, the event concludes. People are slightly disappointed for a moment. They shuffle out of the room and on to the next thing. But when the event ends, there are often times where I briskly walk up to the speaker who's just a few feet away and I introduce myself and I ask a question or two. Sometimes I'll even ask this. I have a very unique request. If it would be all right with you, may I have a copy of your notes from this presentation? Either the one you had in front of you or a digital copy you might be able to email me. Very rarely has anybody ever turned me down. Oftentimes they'll say to me, here, have this copy. I usually throw away my notes so you can have mine right now. I've done this with athletes, scholars, theologians, great thinkers, uh, and other leaders that I look up to. Sit in the front row. And lastly, there is one simple ingredient that opportunity surface area leaders add to the secret sauce. This ingredient is so simple, but so few people actually do it. Are you ready? Follow up. Follow up every single time. When you meet someone you've been wanting to meet for a while, write them a thank you note. When someone says, I'm busy right now and I can't connect with you in this season, but if you circle back around in a month or two, let's see if we can connect. Then write it on your calendar as a reminder to follow up with them then. When someone works hard on a project, circle back around and congratulate them. When someone gives a presentation you found enjoyable, send them a quick email expressing gratitude and one or two main takeaways that you have from what you shared. The difference of opportunities between those who follow through and follow up and those who don't is staggering. If I'm not following through in big and especially in small ways, at least three times a week, then personally, I don't feel like I'm doing enough. That's very important for me and should be very important for you as you try to be a resilient leader. A few years ago, I hired for the position of the Director of Design and Communications for our organization, Kairos Partnerships. I interviewed about half a dozen people for the position. All of the candidates were wonderful contributors and leaders. I interviewed a gentleman by the name of Ryan. A few days later, I received an envelope in the mail from Ryan. Inside was a postcard that said, thanks for the opportunity to be, to be interviewed by you. 
Here are a few images and designs of the things that I've designed and created over the last several years. Maybe it will help you understand a little bit more about what I do and what I create. Thanks again, Ryan. Now, it was a small thing, and yet it was huge. Ryan got the job. In fact, Ryan is the one who created the Resilient Leaders podcast logo. He also created dozens and dozens of graphics, communication pieces. He revamped our website. He has created so much value. Now, is the reason I hired Ryan because he sent me a postcard? No. I hired him because he's a talented guy who's adding value to what we need in our organization. But his follow-up was something that I had in my mind when I was making my final decision to hire someone. And I realized this guy is appreciative. He didn't do the bare minimum. He didn't wait to be asked. He's creative. He's proactive. He's thoughtful. He's going above and beyond and with a warm touch. Your opportunity surface area can grow, and it does grow. And when it does, you become an even more resilient leader. We will talk more about expanding your opportunity surface area in a future episode because it's so important, but that's all the time that we have for for now. Thanks for listening. I know that this was a full episode today, but I hope it was helpful for you. Special thanks to Joel Limbowen, who produces this podcast, his company, On A Limb Productions, does great video and podcast production work. Check him out at onalimproductions.com. His information is in the show notes as well. Leaders, be faithful, available, teachable, and hungry. Keep leaning in and learning. And look to increase your opportunity surface area by adding value with your mindset and your habits. 